it's an awful thing when an entrepreneur who's working 60, 70, sometimes 80, 90 hours a week um, for years on end, you know, when you put that much sweat equity into making something real and to, to birthing this vision of the world, you should get to keep a lot more of that value that you created. You should get to control that business. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting, and today's guest is Jacob Holker from Lighter Capital. Welcome, Jacob. Hey, Scott. Thanks for making time for us. Uh, my pleasure. So Lighter Capital is a really interesting lending company, and we're starting to see you guys pop up in our client base and seeing you around the ecosystem, so I want to have you on. Maybe could you give a little bit of background on Lighter Capital and also just your career? Sure. Well, Lighter Capital simplistically helps entrepreneurs grow their companies in a way that is non-dilutive and that does not require a personal guarantee. We, we really fill a huge space in between banks and venture capital. Uh, on the one hand, with banks, most often, unless you have millions of dollars in revenue, you have to sign personal guarantees. And banks are most often betting on your FICO score in order to fund your business, which puts your personal credit and personal uh, finances at risk. You know, conversely, uh, venture capital, most people don't realize this, only funds about 1% of the companies that pitch them, uh, which means that after spending three or six or nine months putting pitch decks together and going and talking to VCs, you're only guaranteed about a 1% chance of actually being able to raise venture funding uh, to begin with. Um, and so we saw this huge problem where there are tens of thousands of entrepreneurs in the United States that are doing great things, making a dent in their universe, doing, uh, building great businesses, uh, employing people, helping their, their, their families and their employees build wealth and build equity, and aren't able to get capital to grow those businesses. So we actually borrow a page from Hollywood um, for you know, over, almost 100 years Hollywood has financed films under what's called revenue financing or royalty financing, where uh, nobody really owns an equity stake in the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Rather, they, you know, they take a, a small amount of funding uh, and they use that to, to, to finance the film. And then on the back end, uh, they take a royalty off of the ticket sales at the end of the day. And so we're the leader in bringing that type of funding instrument to the tech sector. Um, and so that's what Lighter Capital ultimately does, as we are uh, a hybrid between banks and venture capital. So it's like a non-dilutive or, or less, much less dilutive form of capital for startups, right? It's not dilutive at all. We do not take an equity stake. We don't take warrants. We don't take anything. So for entrepreneurs who are, are looking to, to accelerate their bootstrapping, essentially, um, we're a great fit for that. It's not to say that we don't like the VC industry. We think VC is great. In fact, many of our companies go on and raise venture capital funding. Um, what, we're, what we're trying to do is help founders avoid dilution as much as possible or avoid it entirely. And in turn, they can delay that fundraise for you know, 12, 18, 36 months and go back out uh, when they have much better metrics down the road and raise a much bigger round at much more favorable terms. Um, th there is no reason for entrepreneurs to give up 20 to 40% of their company uh, in the early days um, because that's what the, the current VC industry has convinced people that is necessary to grow your businesses. Uh, it's not. 
Uh, and, and Lighter Capital is helping hundreds of entrepreneurs delay that, that process and avoid having to dilute entirely, um, which allows them to keep control of their destiny um, for a lot longer uh, and in many cases indefinitely, which is a really powerful thing. Yeah, that is, it's a really good idea. So talk about kind of your – you covered it a little bit there, but your target founder, like you know, who are you looking to help finance? We work with two types of entrepreneurs for the most part. We work with people that have raised VC funding in the past and maybe didn't have a great experience. And this time around, as serial entrepreneurs are looking to avoid dilution entirely. Um, they may have bootstrapped their company to several hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue and are looking to take their own finances out of the mix and get uh, additional resources without having to sign personal guarantees through banks or without having to take a significant equity dilution hit by going to angels or VCs. Um, so that's typically one bucket of, of folks we work with. The other bucket are people that are on the VC track that are looking to either delay their raise because they want to get their metrics up to a place where they are uh, have much better negotiating power. You know, any company who's on a growth path and can wait 18 to 24 months to raise VC is going to be able to sell a lot less of their company for a lot more, uh, which is just better negotiating power all the way around. Or they've been trying to raise VC funding and have been struggling because maybe they're a niche CRM, which is in a two to $300 million market, which is a great business. Uh, and they're doing great things for themselves, their families, and their employees but it's not going to be a multi-billion dollar exit. And so they're struggling to raise VC funding. Uh, th those are folks that we work with as well. So those are the two buckets, what we call you know, VC later, VC down the road, or you know, VC never, that they're just not interested in going down that path. The VC, I totally get the VC never world because, uh, yeah, not everyone has a great experience going through that. And, and it is what you said, like the venture capitalists are optimizing for huge exits. And if you're just kind of a small to medium-sized exit, you're not even that exciting to them. And so some of those companies get stranded or the capital spigot gets shut off halfway through the process. And so I definitely see how some founders could be wary of that path once again. That's exactly right. And then the VC later, that seems like the market where we're seeing you, which is the cruise consulting client base, which is – you know, a company, I, I imagine, is, is there a certain sector, like, you got to be just doing really well at the SaaS companies, right? For the most part, we only fund recurring revenue stream businesses. And it's not to say we only fund SaaS businesses, because there are other forms of recurring revenue. Um, but we, we actually are disrupting the financial services industry by, by uh, an algorithm that we've built that helps to predict the future success of a business. So, what is a funding institution like Lighter Capital doing with eight full-time software engineers? Well, um, one of the challenges for banks is that for them to be able to underwrite a loan that's less than several million dollars, uh, it's, it tends to not be profitable because it requires a lot of underwriting work and it's a difficult thing for them to, to be able to do is to go down market. So they tend to focus on going in side by side with VCs or, or focusing on fundings that are you know, many millions of dollars. Um, what we've been able to do is through our software, proprietary software, um, we're able to look at a company's business performance and predict with a very high degree of certainty where that company is going to be in the next few years, which allows us to 
basically augment some of the human effort involved in an underwriting process with technology, which not only allows us to fund companies that are in much smaller check sizes. Our, our average check size is about $270,000 as opposed to several million, which is what a bank requires. Uh, but not only can we fund smaller check sizes, we can also fund a lot faster because our, our algorithm, again, looks at a lot of data points, compares that against you know, the over a thousand companies that we've looked at, um, and it speeds up the process. So we, in many cases, can deliver funding um, from start to finish in as little as four to six weeks, which is unheard of in funding. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know you guys had this kind of automated underwriting process. That's that's really So instead of, um, instead of going out to lunch with the founder three or four times and looking at the business plan, but maybe not really digging into numbers, you guys are actually like really underwriting the numbers. That's right. Yeah, and, and, and we don't bet on... The, the human nearly as much as your average everyday VC does. You know, they need to look for pattern recognition. They need to find people who they think can be market leaders who are going to totally disrupt and, and dominate a marketplace. You know, if you're the 230th uh, in the cloud hosting market, you're probably not going to get VC funding. But if you have customers uh, with low churn, you've got revenue, you've been in business for over 12 months, and you're, 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 you seem to have a pretty good uh, grasp on your numbers, you're actually probably a great fit for Lighter Capital. So we, we are agnostic in that regard in that we don't have to have this Midas touch gut check opinion about the particular founders themselves. I mean, obviously, we do look at that to some extent. Um, but it's much more about how your business is doing and, and what the numbers tell us. Uh, and, and we're betting on, on that performance. We're betting on your churn. We're betting on your lifetime value. We're betting on your, your customer concentrations and, uh, and not necessarily nearly as much on, on the individual. Yeah, I really like how that allows you to do the smaller check size too because then you're basically opening up capital for a market that probably hasn't been served before. Like without a personal guarantee, you can't really get a loan from a bank. And without the big institutional VC financing, you can't get a loan from a venture lending fund. So you guys have basically opened up the, the credit markets a little bit here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we estimate that there are you know tens of thousands of entrepreneurs that are wholly underserved in, in by the, the, the financing options available in the United States. Um, and, and that's a very powerful and emotional thing for us to be able to open up access to capital. Uh, to tens of thousands of people who no longer need to put their personal credit and personal finances at risk or sell away the company in order to raise funding for the company. I, I, you know, I, I myself have been an entrepreneur multiple times over the last 10 years. Many of the people that work at Lighter Capital have been through this process of having to give up huge chunks of equity. And, and there are a number of us that are very passionate about you know, defending the honor of entrepreneurs and not... Uh, and creating an instrument where they don't have to sell uh, a huge chunk of control of their company in order to grow. It should not be that way, in, and we're making a dent in, in helping to make that, that possible. That's really cool. Well, I can totally hear it in your voice. What's uh, Just getting back to that kind of um, you know venture later kind of model, because I think, I think you touched on that. Like Being able to delay 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, uh, a full venture round is, is hugely impactful. Can you give the audience kind of um, maybe quantify that or just kind of explain why that is so powerful? Sure. Well, I'll give you an example of one of the companies we funded. We've, we, to date, we've funded 130 companies in the United States. We've deployed 
over $45 million, which on a deal basis actually makes us one of the top tech funders in the United States. Um, w- one of those companies, one of those 130, uh, there's an entrepreneur named John Stewart who runs a company called Map Anything. They do territory mapping on top of Salesforce and uh, lots of other cool things to help uh, sales teams better visualize their data. Uh, they came to us a few years ago with a terrible term sheet and respect for John and his team. Of course, I'm not going to disclose that, but it was it was an awful term sheet. Uh, and instead of taking that dilution, that VC funding, he ended up taking a little over a million dollars of funding from us uh, over 36 months. He got his numbers up uh, to a place where uh, they were much better negotiating power. And then he went out and, and raised a $7 million Series A at significantly better terms. Um, and th- of course, that's all public on, on Crunchbase. But, you know, with, with delaying that funding and using non-dilutive funding, um, our funding instead, you know, obviously we made some money on it, and, and John obviously was able to uh, retain a significant amount of founder wealth um, for his company. But more importantly, uh, he was able to maintain control of his business. You know, he didn't have a VC stacked board of directors that fired him, you know, after the company reached a certain point. You know, he, he is able to control his own destiny. Uh, and that's a really important thing for a lot of entrepreneurs. Most of us, when we quit that job or, you know, put our life savings on the line to go build a company, it's not to go make a bunch of, you know, VCs rich who sit on our board of directors. It, it's about, <laughs> you know, it's about making a dent in the universe. It's about doing something great for ourselves, for our family, for the employees that come to work at these companies and help us build this vision of how the world should be, build that dent in the universe. It's an awful thing when an entrepreneur who's working 60, 70, sometimes 80, 90 hours a week um, for years on end, you know, all those soccer games that you're missing, all of those um, moments that you're not able to enjoy in life because you're staring at computer screens or jumping on that red eye to New York to go close that customer deal because that's what it takes. You know, when you put that much sweat equity into making something real and to, to birthing this vision of the world, you should get to keep a lot more of that value that you created. You should get to control that business. And, and, and the employees, in some cases, many hundreds of employees after a while that come to work um, for your businesses shouldn't have to worry about um, some board of directors making a decision. Uh, you know, Founders are the people that should be sitting in those seats um, after all of that hard work and enjoying the fruits of their labor. Um, and, and so that's a very powerful thing, and we're trying to do a lot more of that for founders. That's really cool. What is it, like in a, not not in the map anything case, but what, on average, you think you save the founders who go venture capital later? Do you think you? It seems like you probably save them like ten or fifteen, twenty percent dilution. Like, have you ever done a study on that to see how much kind of how much equity they get to keep? And I, yeah. I in the, you know, what, what have you guys found? So I, I don't have audited metrics, so I'll, I'll I'll qualify that on the front end. Here's what I can say: on average. Our companies that we've invested in um, collectively have generated uh, an annual of, of about $250 million in revenue. And if you take a 5x SaaS valuation multiplier, which is a standard um, multiplier these days, you know, obviously some companies are getting 10x, some companies are getting 3x, but just on an average basis, you know, that's $1.25 billion in, in revenue from, from the people in our portfolio. 
And if you assume that the average equity dilution round is probably 15 to 20 percent, you know, I can say with a, a pretty high degree of confidence that we have saved our founders a quarter billion dollars in equity um, from the 130 companies that we've uh, funded. Now, again, that's not audited, and, and I want to want to qualify that that I'm, I'm using some averages there because we haven't really spent you know weeks digging through every nuance in our data to pull the exact number. But directionally, that's probably a pretty accurate number in terms of. Uh, the equity that we've been able to save our founders. Um, and, and that's not just about founder wealth, too. That's about control and dilution, because a lot of times that particular 10 to 20% round that time could mean the difference between a founder still having you know, 51% control and not. And, and that's a big, big deal in terms of what's important to a lot of our entrepreneurs. It's not always necessarily about the wealth aspect of it, but a lot of it has to do about the control aspect, too. I totally agree. You know, the other kind of aspect of that is if you can delay your venture capital round, you also have kind of exit opportunities that open up to you that may not be available when you do raise a, raise a round. And that might be selling your company for, you know, 5 or 10 or 15 or $20 million. And, you know, in the startup world, in the VC-backed startup world, that's not, that's not a great outcome. But if, you know, if, you're, if you own that company yourself and you haven't really taken any dilution – you know, those kind of exit amounts are actually really fantastic and are life-changing. And by delaying your VC funding, you can actually preserve your optionality there and, and leave those options open. Do you guys see that happen? Oh, all the time. I, I mean, you know, the, the good rule of thumb is to assume that from an expectations perspective, VCs want a 10x return on their funding. So if you're going to dilute 10% and then raise that kind of funding, you, you have to assume that you're going to now have to have a certain revenue number and a certain exit number in order to honor that expectation. We invested in a company, for example, called IPfolio. And, and when I say invested, I want to be clear, we, we financed because our, our, our instrument is considered a loan and structured as a loan, but it doesn't have a lot of the restrictive financial covenants that a traditional bank loan does. But IPfolio is a company we invested in. Uh, it's a 100% bootstrapped business. He took $200,000 of our funding over 36 months. And today the company has millions of dollars in revenue. And the, for the exception of some equity grants to some key employees, uh, the founder owns nearly 100% of the company. I, I, I don't know I've ever met an entrepreneur uh, in my life that wouldn't be thrilled to have a business that they own 100% of that's generating millions and millions of dollars a year in revenue. <laughs> I mean, if, if they ever choose to exit, in many cases, those, those key employees and that founder is going to have a, a way better exit than um, many companies that have taken VC funding and have been forced into a growth path that might not necessarily have been right for that company. Or to shoot for uh, exits that are unattainable for that particular company and product in that particular market. Yeah, no, you're, you're making a great point. Well, maybe you can present kind of the, the high-level terms, like how long these loans last for, you know, is there amortization? Like just give kind of the basics on the, on the loan structure so people can sure. have an idea. Yeah, so revenue financing is, is a new instrument. Um, to be fair, convertible notes were relatively new just 10 years ago, and now they're all the rage these days. So <laughs> I, I understand that sometimes people um, are, uh, they'd like to learn a lot more about a new instrument before they consider it. Uh, but it's actually incredibly simple when you boil it down. 
Um, so let's just take a round number. Let's say $100,000. Let's say we give you a $100,000 loan um, over the course of uh, three, four, or five years, depending on what's the right structure for your particular company and, and your growth plan. Um, and simplistically, you pay us back you know, $160,000 during that time. And, and the way we get paid is we take a very small percentage of your revenue off the top, about 5%. So, you know, our, our pricing range is anywhere from 15 to 30% on, on the interest rate when you consider it. And the loan structures tend to last uh, anywhere from three to five years, again, depending on what makes the most sense. Um, and the payback structure uh, is anywhere from you know three to eight percent uh, off the top of your revenue uh, every month, um, and that's simplistically how it works. It's it's actually really simple. It, comparing that against you know bank loans, banks you could probably find an interest rate somewhere in the range of ten to fifteen percent, but people don't really consider what it means to have a personal guarantee, nor do they understand what are called financial covenants. I'll give you one quick example. We funded a company last year that had a 50% growth covenant is what they agreed to with a bank loan that they had taken, which means that they agreed to grow 50% every single year in order to remain in good standing with the loan. Um, last year, they grew 48%. They missed it by 2%. And the bank called the loan. The entrepreneur had to come up with hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay back the loan in a short period of time. So, so banks have these things that are called covenants, which nobody understands. Um, and they're often very restrictive covenants. They, they control what you can and can't do with that funding. Because again, it, the banks don't necessarily understand tech, and they're betting on your FICO score in most cases. Um, or they are betting on the business, but they want to control how that money is spent. Um, so when you've taken into account the full cost of, of what a bank engagement really is, that 10% interest rate is not the full cost at, at the bank, and, and that's what they tell you when you go there. So th those are banks. On the other side, VCs and angels are expecting 10x. So that $100,000, they're expecting you know a million dollars back, um, and, and that's over the course of five to seven years these days. So... You know, some people tend to think that VC investment or angel investment is free. And when you really do the modeling, especially if you have revenue, and those are the companies that we work with. We don't work with pre-revenue companies. But when you have revenue, you've got product market fit, most likely. And at that point, it's about growing responsibly. Um, and if you can do that for several years, you're going to have a business that, you know, could potentially have an exit that's life-changing for your family. And there's no reason why you should give up 40% of that business to VCs um, just because uh, that's what TechCrunch tells you to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, your point also about kind of the payback period and the covenants are intertwined because if you – the money is only useful to you as an entrepreneur if you can invest the capital and get your return on investment. And that takes some time and it takes maybe six months or 12 months or whatever it takes. So if you're constantly worried about your loan getting called through a covenant or a material versus change clause or something like that – then it's like you can't really trust – you can't make that investment. You can't generate the ROI. And that's why those those covenants are so dangerous. I, I totally get what you're talking about. That's right. And, and very few entrepreneurs really understand what a covenant is. And actually very few entrepreneurs uh, understand what liquidation preferences are too. <laughs> you know, that uh, – yeah. 
that $2 million for 20% of your company in an exit isn't necessarily, you know, $2 million for 20% of your company. It ends up being much higher than that. Um, but entrepreneurs don't get that. Um, they, they are experts in building, you know, beautiful products with craftsmanship that are making a dent in their particular industry. But when it comes to financing, there's a lot of ways that entrepreneurs can get screwed. Uh, and that's something that we uh, are very passionate in helping entrepreneurs understand. Uh, one last yeah. thing I'll say is that, you know, one of the best arguments that I've heard for why you should take VC funding is because you get that gray-haired advice that um, could potentially help you build your business with experience and more gravitas at the top. And while that's true, I think a couple things are wrong with that. Number one, they're not always experts in, in the advice that they give you. And in fact, you know, Vinod Kosla, many people joke that you should listen to what your VC tells you to do and then go do the exact opposite and you'll probably have a better chance of succeeding. So there, there's lots of jokes about <laughs> VCs and, and the advice and the quality of that advice to begin with. But one of the things that we're trying to change here at Lighter Capital as well is we, uh, about six months ago, hired uh, Caitlin Getz uh, as our head of community. And within the 130 companies that we funded, um, there are probably close to 200 founders, because uh, in, in many cases there are two or sometimes three founders per, per company or, or, or CXOs of those businesses. So we have 200 people who are not just gray-haired advice, but are actual day-to-day -day operators in SaaS businesses. And we are... Uh, and have been fervently building a community, uh, a private client community here at Lighter, of founders who are uh, regularly engaging with each other, who are giving each other advice, who are comparing notes, who are saying, hey, how, how did you hire your VP of sales? Or, or what, how did you set your comp structure for your customer success team? Or, you know, how did you sell your product into those Fortune 500 companies last month? And, and there's a tremendous amount of knowledge sharing happening amongst the Lighter Capital founders. Um, and, and so it's, it's a lot more than just capital at Lighter Capital. We, we have... Not gray-haired advice, per se, although many of our founders do have gray hair, jokingly. Um, but these are people who are direct operators in their fields um, who are actually at the helm of multi-million dollar businesses um, operating every single day. And, and so, so we feel very strongly that the advice that 200 fellow SaaS operators can give you uh, is infinitely more intelligent and infinitely smarter than one random VC giving you a thought or a suggestion. Um, however pattern recognition they may feel they have, uh, it, it pales in comparison to you know, the crowdsourced knowledge of 200 highly qualified people. Uh, and so that's a real big push of ours, is to augment that gray-haired advice with actual SaaS operators working in the trenches day-to-day, -day, sharing notes and helping each other out. Uh, and that's a real key focus of ours as well. I like it. And you're also aligned with the founders because, you know, the faster they're growing, the more capital they'll need and the bigger the loans can be for you. So you have this really kind of uh, innate incentive to help them grow and be successful because that just makes you guys more successful. So I really like how that works. Yeah, we, we don't require a personal guarantee. And so we, we don't have a safety net. If, if your business does not succeed, we do not succeed. We lose our money. Um, and so we could not be more aligned with founders and helping them grow. 
Uh, that's awesome. Well, Jacob, this has been a fantastic podcast. Do you want to just kind of share where the audience can find you? And uh, I've really enjoyed it. This is Lighter Capital that has really developed a, an innovative financial solution here. I mean, I'm used to the banks and I'm used to the venture lenders, and you guys have figured out a way to compete with both of them. Yeah, well, if you are a, a, a recurring revenue business, and uh, that includes SaaS businesses, that also includes some tech-enabled services, um, and you are doing more than fifteen thousand a month in revenue, up to you know up to a million dollars a month in revenue, really, that's our sweet spot. Um, we would love to talk with you. Um, you do not have to be profitable; you can be on a path to profitability. Um, but we look for reasonably high gross margins. Uh, at the moment, we only fund businesses in the United States. Um, but if you've been in business for more than a year, you've got revenue, you've got a recurring revenue stream, and you're, you're growing, we, we'd love to talk with you. You can find us at lightercapital.com. That's L-I-G-H-T-E-R-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. And there's a, a, a button there that says Apply Now. Uh, it's the fastest way to kind of just get some quick understanding of your business and get you in front of somebody on our investment team. Um, and we would be uh, thrilled to help be a partner in, in growing your company. Uh, but not just us. There's 200 other uh, founders and, and executives um, in our portfolio that would love to help you as well. Uh, that's awesome. Well, Jacob Kolker, thank you so much for coming on. LighterCapital.com is where they can find you. And uh, really appreciate your time. This is great. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Take care.